0: with over two decades of experience working with tech coaches and edtech companies from all around the world. Jeff Bradbury. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the TeacherCast Educational Network. My name is Jeff Bradbury. Thank you so much for joining us today and making TeacherCast your home for professional development. This is Ask the Tech Coach podcast, episode number 211. I hope you guys are enjoying your summer. We have been putting out content Nonstop for the last couple weeks. You might have noticed that our podcasts have been popping out on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays. That is because over the last few weeks, we have had a lot of great presenters coming on who have done amazing things over the summertime and presented at the ISTE conference. I want to one more time say thank you to everybody who has come on and been a co-host with me. I am looking forward to a great school year. I hope you guys are too. On today's show, we're going to be talking all about those first 90 days. How do you get into a building? How do you build relationships? What are some of the pitfalls that you might want to avoid? And how do you set yourself up for success? I got to tell you, I've got three amazing guests coming on today. And every single time I take a look at what we're going to be discussing today, I say to myself, I wish I had this the last time I was a new coach, which wasn't so long ago. But everything in here is designed for you by instructional coaches that are here to help and support. My first guest today is not only the CEO of Gold EDU, the CEO of Control the Chaos EDU. She's a two-time podcaster, a fantastic speaker, presenter, a good friend of TeacherCast, and she's also an instructional coach. I want to bring on today, Miss Stephanie Howell. Steph, how are you today? Welcome back to Ask the Tech Coach. I am great. How are you, Jeff? I am so fantastic. It's great to see you. How has your summer been post-ISTI?
1: It's been busy. Um, ISTE was great seeing all of my digital friends. Um, It was kind of weird, like, is that you and looking at their name badges. And then it was like, I kept seeing the same people. Um, But yeah, it was fantastic. And then just coming back and doing some virtual conferences. I was in Nebraska, which was a really fun state um, and awesome people. So yeah, it's been a busy summer, but a lot of fun and a lot of good work.
0: That was weird, right? You spent all this time connecting with people to make the Twitter graphics come alive. And then over the last three years, they've, they turned back into Twitter graphics and all for like five days, they were alive again. It was fantastic. How did you feel about ISTE? I mean, 14,000 people, there, all having a good time. What was one of your takeaways?
1: Um, I think majority of my time was spent networking, just Mm. kind of going up to people, talking to them. That's how I learned best. Um, Is just by talking to people and getting a feel for what are they doing in their district or um, sharing kind of some of the stuff that we're doing. I went to a few sessions because I was presenting at a C. So that took up a lot of my time. But I went to a few coaching sessions because that's just something that I'm passionate about. And the coaching sessions were fantastic. Amazing resources and great presenters as well.
0: I completely agree. And I am so fortunate that so many of the presenters have found themselves on an episode of Ask the Tech Coach. If you guys are out there listening and you haven't checked out episodes like 200 to now, check these things out lots of great stuff one of the people that i met at isti that i was excited to meet is a national board certified teacher google certified trainer and coach and she's currently the director of instructional technology coaching for the learning center of technology and education in illinois i got some of those words wrong but i added a few extra words miss nicole zampano nicole how are you today welcome to ask the tech coach
2: hi jeff thanks for having me great group tonight
0: I'm looking forward to this. Tell us a little bit about some of the great things happening out at Illinois. And how was your ISTE conference?
2: ISTE was great. Um, like Stephanie said, it was just great to network with people. And I had the privilege a few years back when ISTE was in Chicago to be on the program committee. So to see the back end of all of the work that goes into it, then to actually go there and see people that I was on the committee with and just see old friends, just a ball. It, was, it felt like there was no time lapse at all from did, being it virtual.
0: It was you know, great. Every, everyone's like, oh, it's been three years since Philly, but it's like, really, it's it was more, hey, how you doing? Like, how you been? Yeah. It, it really is that whole family atmosphere. You know, 14,000 of your closest friends got together. Were there any sessions or anything that, that, that sparked your mind that you're like, I can't wait to take that back to my crew?
2: Again, a lot of it was just reconnecting with people. I spent a lot of time volunteering in the Learning Journey Design Desk. For ISTE, so having a chance to connect, especially with newbies, people that had never been there before to see their excitement, it actually rejuvenates you to see a newbie's excitement. And like Stephanie, I went to a couple of coaching sessions because in my role as the Director of Instructional Tech Coaches, I'm always looking for new things to bring back to my coaches and new ideas and again, just staying invigorated in it. So it was overall great.
0: It was so nice to get a chance to get to see you, get to know you. And of course, we've got an, a lot of stuff to talk about and hoping that you'll uh, pop up on a future episode of Ask the Tech Coach. And I want to introduce my next guest today. She's also a a Microsoft Innovative Educator Expert, Google Certified Innovator Trainer, ISTE Certified Educator, Canvas Certified Educator. And she's currently the Technology Coordinator for Arlington Public Schools in Virginia. I think I got all that stuff right. Miss Katie Fielding, how are you today, Katie? I am good. I kind of have half a voice, but I have two cups of tea. So we're ready to rock tonight. It is so great to have you on. How are things out in Virginia? And, you know, how was your ISTE? I did not go to ISTE. So
3: I actually am transitioning from um, one school district to another. And I had two weeks between the roles. So I thought after the past couple of years, I really needed to take some time for me and my family.
0: Good for you. How has the summer been what are you looking forward to about this upcoming school year?
3: Yeah, I'm really excited to um, have joined a new division and to be working with um, my new boss and who's really going to be pushing a culture of coaching in a different way than it's been seen in Arlington Public Schools before. So I'm excited to get to build
0: that with her. We've had a lot of great instructional coaches on the show over the last very short amount of time. In fact, if you're listening to this, when this episode comes out, you might've noticed that we've been putting out podcasts on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, over the last week or so. And we're going to continue to do that for the foreseeable future. Cause there's just so much to talk about in instructional coaching. Steph, you and I were speaking about this a little earlier. And the question that we were discussing is what does a coach need to be thinking about as they start this school year? And I did a show recently about data. We're going to talk a little bit about that. We had a show a little bit about creating structure, you know, those those back end types of things. I'm excited today to talk about something that you've been sharing on social media and on your website and all the different brands that you, that you work on this 90 day concept. Can you tell us a little bit about what are coaches interested in learning about and making sure that they need to be doing in the first few months of school?
1: Yeah, it's kind of funny. Um, Katie sent out an email to, I believe it was the Google trainer group. I'm like, which group was it? And it was just kind of asking for people to jump on board with this idea of the 90, um, 90 day coaching plan. And I'll have her talk more about that. Why? And the behind the scenes. But for me, we have a couple new coaches this school year and they have been asking me questions. And I'm like, seriously, ask me the most craziest questions. You will not be judged because when I started coaching, I had no one, um, I mean, I found people along the way, but when I first entered the role, I didn't have a relationship with like an existing coach. It was just me going into this role and I had to figure out everything. I had to figure out what templates I needed. I needed to figure out what I was um, to share, what I was not to share. And there was a lot of overstepping that I did or maybe not overstepping, but like not following the rollout plan like this you need to go through this person then when you go to this person you need to go to this person and i was like i'm just going to the teachers like that's where this is where things get done um but i've kind of learned like you've got to communicate maybe to the principals just hey this is what i'm doing and then you go and do it but i made a lot of communication mistakes or organizational lay like, rollout plan mistakes i don't know what it is um, but it's just nice to have now that i have been coaching for over six years to be able to kind of mentor some of those newer coaches that are entering this position. And Katie uh, sent the email, perfect timing, because I was getting these crazy emails and it, um, her plan that she kind of started to outline and organize for this group made me realize some of the other things that came natural to me that I didn't know to communicate with some of the coaches that I was working with. So Katie, what, what was your vision and why did you do this?
3: Yeah, so I'm currently in an ed leadership program. And as one of my summer assignments, I needed to make a 90-day entry plan for the future role, which for me, I want to be Nicole. So I, I want to become a coach of coaches. And so I was looking online for plans uh, for that, that role. I didn't find any. I found lots of superintendent plans, lots of principal plans, lots of AP plans. But I didn't find any 90-day launch plans for like the tech aspect of education. And so I did my plan for a class for a role like Nicole has, but I thought, wow, it would be really helpful for a new coach to have something like this because you don't know what you don't know and you don't know the questions to ask if you've never been in this role. And in a lot of places, you know, we're a very siloed role um, and, you know, I've been fortunate to work in a district that there was many of us, but other places don't have that. So I just thought, wow, if we could leverage the collective knowledge of all the coaches in this group to create something to share out, um, could be really powerful.
1: Now she did
2: not share that this was a homework project. (laughs) No, no, she she just came up and said, "Hey, I've got this great idea," and we were like, "This is a great idea." I did not cheat. I just share my separate project.
0: But in her defense, that's exactly what a coach should do. A coach never walks into a class to give homework assignments. They give great suggestions, and they inspire innovation. And Steph, it looks like you took the you took the, uh, the, the, the bait there.
2: We all took the bait. <laughs> she did a great job on that. No, my path was similar to Stephanie's where when I coached in Chicago public schools, I was coached for 10 years before I came out. And I was the only coach, not only in the building, but I was the only coach that the building had ever had. And in Chicago Public Schools, as large as it is, coaching wasn't really a thing. So I had to learn everything on my own and on the fly and reiterate year after year. So I always looked for opportunities to organize and help. And when Katie sent this email out, again, perfect timing, I thought this is something I can totally get on board so um, I'm so grateful that she, whether it was a homework assignment or not, um, came out to the collective hive and said, hey, you know, let's get some minds together because it turned out to be an amazing project. So officially, Katie, thank you for mm-hmm. sending that out. Yeah, inspired,
3: inspired by her.
2: Inspired by her. <laughs> yeah, and one more thing I want to
1: announce before we kind of move on is I have been going to, you know, different conferences and asking teachers, like, do you have a coach? In other districts, they had them and then they got rid of them or they don't have them. And I think creating this plan allows a coach to know what is your role? How do I communicate my role? What am I supposed to do? Because there's times where I thought I was tech support or tech help, help desk type of job. And it's not that kind of job. And a coach, I mean, you really can transform education in this role and you can impact so many educators, but you have to be doing it correctly. And I think that's why some school districts give up on it. So I'm kind of hoping with this plan as well, that schools realize the need for a coach. And now we have like a starting point, this um, 90 day plan, this homework assignment that we're able to share with districts as well.
0: Let's break this down. Um, Being an audio show, I want to make sure. And by the way, this is episode number 211. So all the links that we're going to be talking about are on the show notes. We're going to make sure that it's also on your podcast player. And and Steph and the team have done a great job at giving you like Google links, Canva links, template. There's a lot of stuff in here. But um, can somebody break down very simply what is this plan consisting of? What are the parts? What are the components?
2: Katie?
3: Yeah, so we organized it um, initially by phases. We put three phases into the 90-day plan. The first being listen and learning. I think, and I have a tendency when I jump into something new to be like all in and want to make all the changes. But I think it's really important for someone going into this role to remember, like you're moving into a community, a learning community that's already established. And it's really important to listen and learn from that community about what what they need. You can't go in there with ideas because you don't know the needs yet. So that's really what the first phase is about. And then the second phase is um, like taking what you've learned and focusing and framing it. And um, starting to establish that uh, coaching culture. And then finally, after you've kind of started to establish that, uh, empower and accelerate those teachers to move and moving forward um, with ed tech in their classrooms and kind of setting yourself up for the rest of the year.
2: And Jeff, I'll add to that. We also took it a step further and we broke it down to some really important components. So when you look at the actual plan itself, you'll see there's breakdowns for What tasks involve equity, relationship building, uh, coaching culture, professional development, reflection, and so on. So you can really hone in whether you're a brand new coach or this could be a plan that could work for somebody that's coached for six or 10 years. You can actually go in and look and say, okay, this is where my shortfall is. I think I really need to work on my equity component. And you can hone in on those and target those right away.
0: And I think you just hit it there. We have people listening to this show who are brand new to coaching, by the way. Welcome. We also have people in here who have been coaching for quite some time and they're in their job. But we also have this weird middle sense where I've been coaching for a while, but I'm starting something new or I've been moved to a new building or I've got a new, you know, something. There's some transition in there where they're not rookies, but they're they're different at some point. They're, you know, Something new is happening to them. I love that this plan gives you both the micro and the macro, and it really does provide that sense of community that coaches are looking for. I mean, I wish I had this 10 years ago when I was first starting out because it does provide everything I need to make sure that I have a roadmap for those first 90 days. And let's face it, if by the first two to three months, you are you don't have your feet under you yet, December gets really lonely. January gets really lonely. And it's hard to walk in in February and go, by the way, I'm a coach and this is what I do. Making sure that you're setting up those relationships is really, really key. How many people worked on this to put it together? I want to give credit where credit's due here. Like how big was the group? You got a lot of amazing coaches that have uh, contributed. What was the process like putting all this together?
3: Yeah, I think we had about 20 people who we met weekly kind of through June, June um, talking about it. And there was probably maybe like a core seven or eight people who came every time, but then some other people who cycled in or commented on the doc. So yeah, we had a lot of voices. And that's one of the things that was important to me was to open it up to whoever wanted to participate to get as many voices um, and experiences into the document as possible. And I'm personally excited about using it In my transition from one district to another. So that was also part of my motive was to help me reset moving into this new role.
0: Well, let me stop you on that. How do you plan on using it in your new district?
3: Yeah, I've been a coach for five years. So um, this was just a reminder to me of things I already knew because I'm not new to coaching, but things that I wanted to remember as I moved in, especially that I'm moving into a new district. There is a lot to learn. So maybe for me, my listen and learn phase is maybe going to need could be a little longer than 30 days. Um, But yeah, just reminding me of the important things to establishing a good coaching relationship with teachers and culture.
0: Nicole, as somebody who's in more of an administrator role rather than directly in the classroom, I hope I'm saying that right. How can something like this be manipulated so that way it fits the needs of a particular department building school district?
2: Well, the beautiful thing about it is Katie has actually allowed people to make a copy of the document so they can craft it any way that they need to, to actually fit their particular scenario. So that would be the number one way. Um, And I think also, and I'm speaking for you a little bit, Katie, because she's been so open with having anybody come in and contribute to it. I can see different iterations of this taking place in the future, whether it is some sort of meetup or whether it's a, Hey, let's do a a mid-year refresh where people can add new ideas. One of the great things about it is all of the examples that are actually in there and links out to additional resources as well. So it's not just, you know, a small group of coaches, but it's a large group around the U.S.
1: Yeah. And that's one of my favorite things about this plan is, is the examples because As people were sharing and putting all of their resources and links into this document, I was like, man, I should redo this for this year or I should have done that six years ago. Um, But it was just really cool to add all of those different links and examples in there. And again, I have three new coaches starting this school year and they have used this document and they have been making their infographic about who they are, their informational card, I guess is what we'll call it, um, and their contact information and kind of what what they do and how they can support teachers.
0: That's wonderful. And, and I love the fact that it's easy to use. It's easy to pick up. Um, people, of course, are asking right now while they're driving in their cars, how do we pick this up, Steph?
1: Yeah, so Katie created a Bitly link. Um, so it is Bit.ly and then forward slash coach 90 day launch. And I believe the caps do matter on a bit.ly. Um, So I think it's capital C and then capital D and capital L. So coach, every letter at the beginning is capitalized. Just made that really confusing, I think. Um, But I think since that bit.ly, we've been able to kind of track how many people have clicked. Do you know what we're at, Katie, right now? Or you're pulling it up. Um, So that's been exciting, too, is I think when we first talked to Jeff, which was like two weeks ago, I think it was like 2000 clicks. And so I'm excited to hear with it kind of being a month since launching this out, what our new number is. Yeah. It's
3: 3,500.
0: Wow. That is pretty awesome. And it goes to show that coaches out there are thirsty and hungry for finding great resources. And one of the things that I love about this is that not only can you use it, you can manipulate it or so, but you know, don't look at the number 90 and say, well, I'm in the, I'm on 95. Am I doing something right or wrong? It's a, it's a, it's a blueprint that you can certainly use not only for the beginning of the year, but really as you go through here, um, talk to us a little bit about what happens on day 91. Like what, what should we be looking for after those first three months? If, if, the 90 day challenge is the micro of the year. What does a macro look like?
3: I think one thing that I will say that one task, type of task that increased as you move forward in the phases is reflection. So at the end of 90, that's like a great time to reflect on what you've done and um, where you're at. Are, are there things that are, still need to be done that that didn't get done in those first 90 days that's okay um and just use that time to reflect and plan and move forward based on the needs of your school community
1: and who knows maybe we'll come back together and hopefully collaborate because that was i had fun collaborating with the group of coaches because again it is a isolating job where You're kind of on this island by yourself where you do have the teachers that you build those relationships with, but they they don't get coaching. They don't understand, you know, the the bigger picture that's sometimes out there. And so I would love to continue to collaborate, but I agree with that reflection piece.
0: When you're looking at something like this, I, I know the question comes up of, do you share this? And for some coaches, um, thinking as an entrepreneur, you have your formulas, you know what you're doing, you're working your system, but you don't necessarily go to your principal and go, here's my blueprint. You might show them the, the highlights, but you don't need to show them the, you know, this is how I'm in the weeds doing this. Is this something that you should be sitting down with your principal and saying, look, here's my plan, here's what I'm doing? Or is this something that you just kind of have in your back pocket? And when they say, hey, Nicole, you're doing a great job, you just smile and go, thanks. What's that? promotional piece of this whole thing? And should you be promoting that you're working this plan?
2: I could say for me personally, I would never take a document like this and show this to administration, but I would go higher level and I would definitely be prepared to walk into the admin in the beginning of the year and say, here's my vision for what I'm thinking about. And you might pick out some specific things out of this plan that you wanna share and things that are measurable that you can then track throughout the year.
0: Why is that important? You said two things there: measurable and track. And I'm, 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 I'm going back to the show that we just did with data and the fact that administrators love numbers and charts and spreadsheets. Why is it important that we be thinking about building things that we can then track and share?
2: As a coach, is it's been spoken already here. It's a job that isn't very easily pinpointed, if that's the right word, in terms of saying this is the impact that this coach is having. We know in the trenches the impact that we're having. We know with those day to day encounters with teachers and other coaches the impact that we're having, but that doesn't always translate to test scores or things that, you know, have financial consequences. So to actually go in with a plan and say, you know, my goal is to target these five teachers and to have three cycles within the first month or so on, have something measurable like that, that you can then go back to the administration and say, okay, these are the trends I'm seeing. This is what's happening. I think that's really important.
1: Yeah. And I like to use this document. I mean, I went through the Google coaching um, certificate as well, and it just, it built my vocabulary and language to use with our upper admin and board members to understand coaching. Um, Because again, they they don't maybe know some of the job tasks or some of the impact that we have. And so I was able to kind of explain like why I was spending time building relationships. Because again, if you don't have relationships, you're not gonna see change. But I think as a new coach, I didn't know how to advocate or how to, um, verbalize some of the techniques that I was doing and so now that I've have those resources it's easier to communicate like why I'm doing what I'm doing and why it works and providing that also hey Katie in her district like she's using this as well and we're able to collaborate because again you feel like you're on an island and when you have other people to be like hey am I doing this right or you see this. T- 90 day coaching plan and you see templates and you're like oh i did send that out already you have some like oh i'm on the right path and you just feel excited about that because i know for me i was like i don't know if i'm supposed to send this or not but i'm going to and then i'm like am i sending too many emails or am i not but then when i look at this document i'm like okay i was doing everything somewhat correctly
0: One of the best ways to pick this up is by heading over to our website, askthetechcoach.com, finding episode number 211. All of the links are going to be down here, and I certainly hope that you guys have a chance to check this out. And if you do, let us know. Um, all of the social media links for everybody on the show will be in here. We'll talk a little bit about that later, but we would love to have you guys share things. So thank you for sharing this with us, um, and, 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 and this is really, really important stuff. Before I let you go today and before we wrap up the show, I'm wondering if we can do a quick instructional coaching round robin. Um, This is something that we've been doing on the last couple of shows as the year starts off. Talk a little bit about like, you know, this is the tools. What's your application of choice? What do you use? All those different things. Can we end today by doing a little quick fire challenge? Would that be cool for you guys? Let's do it. Awesome. Um, some of these are going to be just word associations. Some of these are going to be, give me the 30 second answer. And some of these might be, I use this because. So we'll just kind of go around in circles and we'll kind of do like, let's just, uh, the way that I'm looking at this is Steph Nicole Katie. We'll just kind of go in a circle here and kind of keep going clockwise. Um The question that I get a lot from coaches now, and this has been a big thing in our Facebook group is how do you introduce yourself? So I'm going to put you on the spot, little Toastmasters, the table topics here. But Steph, give us an example of how do you stand up at the beginning of the year and introduce yourself? Hi, my name is Steph. Start there.
1: Yeah. First year um, as a coach, I would do this. I would ask the principals, can I speak for maybe 15 minutes? Just a quick, hey, this is who I am. Have a cute little presentation. Um, And then now that I've been coaching, I reach out to the new teachers. So I kind of stalk them. Um, I get their emails and I send them a nice little email before they even step foot in our district on day one. And I just kind of say, hey, this is who I am. This is how I can support you. Let me know if you need anything. And then I attend new teacher orientation and I am another, hey, I send an email, this is who I am again. And then I try to reach out again that first week. Um, But I'm really focused on those new teachers
2: now because I've built those relationships with other teachers.
0: Nice, Nicole.
2: Same type of thing. Um, I will say back when I was school-based, I'll take it a step further, that once I was established in the building the first year, the next year I started whole school initiatives the first two weeks of school to try and just grab people and get them on board. So once you get them on board, you can kind of reel them in and then start to build that relationship.
0: Nice. Katie.
3: Yeah. So like I've said before, maybe a new building this year. Um, so no one's going to know me. Mm-hmm. So I am just literally going to knock on doors, just introduce myself, ask them, you know, what their interests are, what their passions are in, in teaching and in just personal life. Just starting to establish those relationships one to one. I'll also, of course, like like Stephanie, talk at you know the beginning meetings of the year. But I think for me, that just like literally being in the room saying hi is going to be really important.
0: Next step: promoting yourself. Um, give us a few things that you do. I know Katie just kind of mentioned the, the knocking on the doors. Advice for coaches who are trying to figure out how to promote themselves, how to try to get into uh, the space. What do you guys have advice for on promoting yourself in your buildings? Steph.
1: Oh, am I starting? Um, (laughs) Yeah. So being present, that is my biggest thing is just doing, I like to call them like the morning walkthroughs or like the doctor um, walkthroughs like they do in the hospital. And you just kind of go through and, they see your face like, Hey, do you need anything today? Can I help you? Um, What support do you need? And then go to the next teacher, next teacher, next teacher. You might not get to everybody and that's okay. um, But you just gotta get to as many as you can within that 30 minute time period or however
2: long you have.
0: Nicole ideas for promoting yourself, building your coaching brand, et cetera.
2: I found that I promoted myself by promoting teachers. So every year outside my office, I would have a bulletin board that had a theme to it. And every teacher that had a Twitter account, their Twitter account, and so on, I would print off their tweets. Um, And the more I found that I promoted those teachers, the more teachers started to come and say, hey, wait a second, you know, why are you paying attention to her? And I found that that was a good way to get myself out there.
0: Nice. Katie, what's your thoughts on promoting yourself?
3: Yeah, I do weekly tech notes and I use Wakelet for it and I love it. Um, And I do some very similar to Nicole. I highlight other teachers in that. It's not about me. It's about what's going on in the building. Um, And also the like need to know information as well. So they kind of have to go to it for certain information, but then get those tech tips and like celebration of what people are doing.
0: All right. Next topic. I I think I know your answer here, Steph, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Scheduling and booking yourselves. What are your tools? Uh, Do you have a scheduler? What's your calendar of choice? What are those scheduling booking tools?
1: Yeah, I use Google Calendar. Shocking, right? Um, But with that, I don't, I mean, I have appointment slots set up, but I don't really promote that. Um, How I kind of promote it is just when I'm talking to a teacher in the hallway and they say, I want to try that. Oh, when's a good time? And I just book it right then and there. Um, Also, I have them email me, but I like to kind of be in control of my calendar just because I'm in multiple buildings. And so drive time is what I like to kind of control or, hey, can I come on this day because I'm already in the building that day? Um, So just trying to think about my time wisely because it takes me about 15 minutes, 20 minutes to get out of the building sometimes because people stop me um, to drive somewhere else and so that is a lot of time where i'm driving and so i've been trying to be more intentional about that time as well but most of it is just and i'm in a meeting hey i want to try that okay when are we free let's book it and when it's on the calendar we're most likely going to do it
0: yes nicole
2: google calendar by and large that and just a lot of chat believe it or not a lot of google chat goes back and forth and okay, okay well let's jump on a call
0: That's interesting. I like that idea. Um, Katie, what's your booking calendar programs of choice?
3: Um, I'm in a Microsoft district. So Microsoft bookings is um, what I lean into.
0: What are your thoughts about bookings? I know they just got a a recent upgrade, Uh, still visually kind of like vanilla, but...
3: The upgrade, I I think it's really nice. Um, This year, I'm going to have a partner. So there's going to be two of us. Mm -hmm. And you can have two people on that calendar or that booking system, which is really nice. Um, So... Um, Yeah, hopefully my new partner's into that option.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like another homework assignment. Yay! (laughs) Uh, Steph, Nicole, have you done anything with the new booking features yet in Google Calendar?
2: No. Yeah, I
1: do like um, appointment schedules. I'm just a control freak. So I like to just make sure it goes to me and I can put it in. Um, but it is nice. Like for an example, um, we just got Go Guardian this school year. And so I'm planning on using it the first like three weeks, I think. And just saying like, if you need to, me to come in, here's the week I'm doing that training. Just book me 15 minutes. Um, so for that kind of stuff, I'm going to. But it's also more controlled because I'm going to say like, if you're in this building, this is your day. Um, compared to just schedule me all year that way
0: <laughs> when you're working with teachers and i'll say taking notes now this doesn't mean when you're physically sitting next to a teacher but when you're you know when you're taking notes on a situation on a what's your application for choice uh OneNote, google docs keep like give us the 30 second of how do i keep track of the things i've done steph
1: Yeah, I use Connect Hub. Um, So Susanna Summers is an amazing educator that created this um, application. And so that is kind of my first thing. Sometimes I will pop open an email if we start talking a lot of different resources. Um, Sometimes we just start a Google slide and start creating. So it kind of depends on the teacher that I'm working with. But I do like to send them the resources that were shared or like a recap, because I think follow-up is so important in coaching. And so usually it is kind of like a copy and paste to an email, or I take five minutes after the meeting and type something up real quickly.
0: One vote for Connect Hub. Love it. Nicole?
2: Docs and Gmail. It's pretty much by and large, but this year our coaches are also going to be using TeachBoost. Um, Hmm. so I'm looking forward to that because I'm looking forward to the data that that's going to bring back.
0: Katie.
3: Yeah. Um, I like to record when I meet with people. Um, so I've used Otter as an audio recording just to record the audio and it transcribes it. And then I'm able to go back to the office and kind of make really nice notes and email them what um, we discussed that way. I'm not in a, in a computer when we're talking, I'm like really focused on that conversation.
0: They're going to get hard. This is the, these are the big topics that you're seeing out there on the socials here. Um, newsletters. Application for newsletters. And most importantly, why? Steph. Yeah. Right
1: Newsletter, newsletters are a hot topic, I think, right now. Because um, I was spending a lot of time in them. And it, it's hard. I just use Google Slides. And then what I do is every single week, I just add the new slide right on top. I just gonna keep adding. I have my own side, like edit one. So that one might be like done a week ahead. And then I just copy and paste it over. Um, so it's pretty easy on my end because I'm just, I got like a template going. I have all the dates I was doing weekly, but this year I'm moving to monthly. I'm going to see how my teachers respond. Um, but I do have a lot of my go-getter type teachers that love the newsletter. So I do want to support them, but I don't, I think they're the only ones that are really looking at it.
0: <laughs> and do you give out the publish link? Do you just give out the view only link so they can see everything on the like what yeah. does that link? Which which link do, do you give view out?
1: View only, because I'll add pictures off to like the gray space on the side of a Google slide. Um so I do view only. And again, like my go-getter teachers do look at it and they do share in meetings. So I I do know it's valuable. Um But it's also finding that time for yourself. Like, do I want to spend time creating a newsletter? Um, Or do I want to spend more time coaching in a cycle?
0: Uh, Nicole, thoughts on newsletters?
2: I think they're still necessary. I think that the shape changes. And one thing I always loved about being a coach was every year I could do something new. So I did s'more for a long time. And when I did it, I looked at it from the angle of, what do I want parents to know that I'm doing in the building? So I would feature projects and things like that. But there was one year that I actually used Remind and I would send out just quick, you know, resources and snippets through Remind. So I do think they are still important um, stuff. I I totally understand why you'd want to go monthly though.
0: Katie, what's your thoughts on newsletters?
2: Yeah,
3: I said it earlier, Wakelet for me, I love the immersive readers built in. In my area, I have a really diverse teaching staff. So I have a lot of teachers that are not um, native English speakers. So that option for them to turn it into whatever language they wanna learn or read it in is just as important for them as it is for students. Um, I also, at the top of every Wakelet, I do a Flipgrid video, which is built into Wakelet. I'm kind of summarizing it. So I really like to model those UDL things of giving multiple means of representation, even when I'm giving stuff to my teachers
0: last round and and this is one where I want you to feel free to plug your stuff or plug a program but when it comes to coaches we're all trying to figure out how to get professional development for our <laughs> that have created or ones that we've been a part of but what is your recommendation for professional coaching programs coaching networks coaching certifications steph we please feel free to share what's going on with geg global but where do you go for your coaching knowledge
1: yeah for coaching um I I mean, there is a Google coaching group, but I feel like it's still in the trainer group. <laughs> um, so I don't really go to the coaching group as much. I don't know why it's not as active, maybe because we're just used to typing in like the trainer email address when we need help. But I do use that group a lot. Also, um, Global GEG has a lot of coaches. So that has just built some friends that I'm able to collaborate with as well. But again, you just have to kind of Follow people on Twitter, that was another place. And reach out to them when you have questions. Sending a person on Twitter a DM is going to make that relationship a lot stronger.
2: um, And you're going to start to share back and forth. Nicole. Agree 100% with Twitter. Um, I was also very active with um, ed tech coaches through ISTE, through the ISTE forum. So learn a lot and connect with a lot of coaches there. I also facilitate a group in Illinois for ed tech coaches across the entire state. We meet once a month virtually. You're all more than welcome to join in. People outside of Illinois join us as well. But I find that we lean on each other a lot. And then from those meetings in between, we created a Google group. So almost every day, you know, people are bouncing things off back and forth.
0: Definitely would love to have you put the links to the show notes uh, all together for that and love to share that stuff out on our Instructional Coaches Network. Katie, what's your thoughts on professional learning for yourself?
3: Um, again, Twitter. Yeah, I can't. I mean, that has been my, my um, inspiration a lot in learning from other people. And in a more hyper-local way, uh, I am starting at Coaches and Coffee for my, my Northern Virginia region. And we're going to meet once a month on a Saturday morning for coffee and just chat between different people in different districts.
0: Thank you all for taking the time tonight and coming on the show. I have learned a lot. And with all the coaching that has been happening here on this channel, I think one of the best parts about it is that this this knowledge that coaching is alive. There's a lot of great resources out there, whether it be a Google coaching, an ISTE coaching, an Apple coaching. Go make your own. You know, go create something to support yourself and to your your crew. I think the important thing that we can do is just continue to build those relationships within our teachers, within our staffs, but mostly within our own networks. And I want to say thank you for taking the time. And of course, thank you for being a part of our instructional coaches network here. Steph, where can we go to find out more information about the great stuff that you're doing? And one last time, where do we go to get that 90 day um, planner?
1: Yeah, Twitter is probably the best way to find me and reach out. Um, So I'm at Mrs. How 24 And then to get the 90 day um, planner, I'm going to hopefully say the bit.ly a lot better this time um, with the capitals. So bit.ly forward slash coach, capital C, 90, capital D and day, and then launch is capital L.
0: (laughs) Nicole, how do we find you?
2: Twitter's great. Um, At M Zampano.
0: Nice. And Katie?
2: Yeah. Twitter at Katie F.
0: You know, as we're going through the summer, many of us are already back in school. Some of us are starting school in the next couple of weeks. It is really, really important that we have a plan of attack for going in. For some of us, that could just be opening doors and saying hello. For others of us, that's sitting down with administrators. And for some of us, that could just be getting your feet wet in those first couple important days as a coach, figuring out where you are, what your place is in the school, and how your role is going to be there to support the teachers. The most important thing is that you have a network around you. And I'm so happy that you are here making cash part of your professional learning and making Ask the Tech Coach a part of your weekly professional learning goals. If you like this show, do me a favor, hit that like and subscribe button. Go on to Twitter and share this with everybody else. We produce shows every single Monday, and I'm looking forward to having you join us for that next one. So on behalf of Nicole, Katie, and Stefan, and everybody here in the TeacherCast Educational Network, my name is Jeff Bradbury, reminding you guys to keep up the great work in your classrooms and continue sharing your passions with your students.